Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Footballistically Arsenal is backed for the season by Ladbrokes. Hello and welcome to Footballistically Arsenal. You will recognise this is not the voice of Boyd Hilton, which means he is up to something that probably pays, to be blunt, uh, and is likely more showbiz than this podcast, if that's possible. Uh, Can you imagine? Anyway, in his uh, absence, we still have two fantastic guests. Um, Jacob Steinberg is here from The Guardian. Jacob, is this your debut, would you say, on this podcast? Well, yeah, because I'm definitely not an Arsenal fan. No, you're... you're, We can say it. We've got an intruder on the podcast. A West Ham (laughs) fan. Yeah. But in your role as a a football journalist for one of the uh, country's finest newspapers, we can say you're well qualified to talk about football. I would like to think... (laughs) Some people would say no. Well, not us. Certainly not us. Bi- well, bias, well, bias the, journalists. They can be the judge in, in 40 minutes' time. We'll talk about how West Ham fans in particular have taken the attention away from Arsenal fans, sure. uh, potentially. Um, and I think for the second time, is that, is that yeah, Je- time, Gemma yeah. is here. Um, Gemma, who is uh, at Sky News. And uh, you have to do the sports reporting yeah, on Sky I News the sports and the presenter. Yeah, on Sky News, yeah. Which means, had you been there today, what an interesting day at Sky, I think yeah, it's fair to say. Yeah, with, so uh, with Carragher. interesting, yes. Taking see, a lot of the headlines today. Carragher famously, he threw a coin back at the Arsenal crowd once. Do you remember, do you remember that, Jacob? Uh, yeah, yeah, 2002. Is spitting worse than throwing coins? Presumably, yes. Is that, what do you well, think is worse? Is spitting worse than throwing a coin? Yeah. No. Do you think not? No, because a coin, What's more, a coin, a coin could, could do serious damage, I guess. Well, yeah, I mean, look at David Sullivan Even a on... Even uh, Yeah, look at David Sullivan on Saturday. Did he have coins thrown at him? Yeah, only, only his glasses. One hit, apparently hit his glasses and stopped him getting blinded or whatever. I mean, Is that why he left in tears? Because he got hit by... The other one left in tears. Oh, the tears. other one left in tears. Yeah. I heard one of them did. I don't know. Would you rather be... Oh, that's not very I mean, nice. How hard uh, is the Would coin? you rather be spat at or have a coin... Throw it, but presume this coin is going to be thrown at your head yeah. at a distance where it could hurt. What choice? Well, spe- yeah, spit- spitting is not going to. It's not nice. Look, I'm not recommending it. I'm not. I'm not welcoming it or saying you know we could do a little practice now. <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying. I don't know. It's interesting, isn't it? I, 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 and they gave him a real grilling on Sky, mm-hmm. um, which felt 
slightly orchestrated. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. And I don't want to put you in a position where you've got to talk on behalf of it as an employee, but it felt like a interesting uh, position that he was sort of putting in. Um, I don't, Jacob, do you think we, we'll see him back or is he going to get sacked? What do you think? I really don't know because I've been uh, following West been Ham following events West Ham. all day. But uh, I would have thought it would be a little bit harsh to sack him for something that's sort of not really relevant to his job. And um, he's got a bit of a short fuse, I think, Jamie Carragher, but essentially, like from my limited dealings with him, seems like a decent guy. Yeah. Um, and he is good at his job. Yeah. So, and they, presumably Sky have invested a lot in him to get him to the point where he's very popular now. Yeah, he, he does have that job. very good rapport with Neville as well. The two yeah. of them bounce mm. off each other very well. They do do a great job. And I think Neville, didn't he, tweeted today, he said, you know, um, obviously no defending his actions, but I've watched the interview and, you know, you would like to still work with him, but obviously it's out of his hands. But Yeah, yeah no, out of character. Yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a difficult one, isn't it? Because it's, Maybe you know, a, it's yeah. just a moment of madness, isn't it? He just had a, you know, like he said, it's like almost like an out-of-body out experience. He just flipped and he's done something which he clearly obviously shouldn't have done. He very much regrets. But it's just whether you give him another chance or not. I mean, it's up to... Up to the bosses. Them, yes. Yeah. yeah. It feels like, well, he's definitely been pulled out tonight. We're, Has we're he recording on Monday. He's been pulled out of tonight's show, but it could just be like a one-match ban. I mean, international week, that <laughs> quite, kind of helps him, I think. Maybe if you, if you think that, the, just put that into perspective, the, the other guy is driving along, filming him, and with some pretty awful patter, just going to one lad, unlucky to, where not great, not the most inventive pants. thing if you've got the guy there and you're filming and him. And he had things. a like, girl, I think, in the car. Well, yeah, you know, a, young, a young girl. While you're filming him and stuff, you know, it's yeah. a bit of a poor reflection on society these days. That, yeah. That people feel the need to do that when actually but you, also, you could engage character in a much more constructive some, way. I mean, and look, we will get on to Arsenal shortly, but if someone's got a phone and you can see they're filming you, surely you you just think, not a good time to spit. Absolutely. But, but again, I unusual. think it's just like he said, he, he, he just Rash. had a... Flipped for a few seconds and just had a moment of madness. Well, there you go. Well, that was that was today's, uh, you know, yeah. one of today's talking points. Um, we will we will get on to talking about. Also, we've got to talk about the victory. Well, victories, victories, plural. Yeah, I, I shouldn't uh, do. And we, we must talk about the, the victory in Milan and the victory which gets Watford. Um, and then I've got a few other things which we're going to come on to as well. We, of course, need to remind you that Footballist of the Arsenal are backed for the season by Labrooks, and you can check out all of the latest offers at Bet. Arsenalpodcast.net. But let, let's start with, with yesterday. I don't know, Jacob, if you've had a chance to see the highlights of, of Arsenal at all. Um, I, I will summarise. Gemma, do you see the game as well? I, I was driving to work, so I listened to it on the listened. radio. Fantastic. Yes, and I saw the goals because I was. Uh, was Motti on the radio? Night, so. Um, I think it was definitely Claridge. It was Claridge was the co-commentator, and I can't remember who he was with, but I was listening to it on the way. It was famous like Motti's final commentary. I think, yesterday. yesterday? Okay. But then he wasn't the one on Match of the Day too. when I watched that back yesterday night. It was Simon Brotherton. So I don't quite know where Motti was going. I thought maybe on on the radio. But at least we gave him a victory uh, for his final game. How, how would you... I mean, uh, summarising it for you, Jacob, I would say it was sort of classic Arsenal. We, we've been very good against teams below us. I think it's actually 10 wins out of 10 against teams below us in the league at home. Um, obviously, we've had, you know, defeats Man United. We've had, you know, other results haven't gone our way. But it was... It, it was probably slightly flattering overall, but but ultimately it will be remembered for Petr Cech's 200th clean sheet, which is a impressive achievement, and made all the more fun by Troy Deeney, oh, who, who called us uh, well, who said we lacked cojones and uh, was um, pretty critical of Hector Bellerin. Let's say after the defeat um, at Vicarage Road earlier in the season, um, that's what we'll be remembered for. So, so just talk about Petr Cech because some people generally have, have been critical this season, said he's over the hill. Ospina's got the nod in Europe. What, what do you think? Is, is Cech 
too far gone as it's the final season. Yeah, he's, he has been a bit ropey this year, to be fair. Like, I've not had full confidence in him. I mean, he's, you know, he's a legend of the game. You know, you don't get 200 clean sheets in the Premier League if you're not a fantastic goalie. But I do think he's uh, possibly on the way out. I mean, he's, he's just really hard because he's a lovely man, isn't he? He's very, you know, he just seems like a really decent chap and stuff. But I just think this season he's had a couple of performances and you just need to have like total confidence in your goalkeeper, especially when you've got a defence like ours. You know, <laughs> I just I just think that he's been a little bit inconsistent this season and perhaps, yeah, maybe this is his last season. What do you think, Joe? And have you had dealings with him? He is. He comes across very well. Um, Never, but he, he is. But he's the one that fronts up. But do, do, what do you find, Joe? Will you deal with people after him? Because he's one of these players who usually will go and speak to the media. And even after the disaster yeah. against Brighton the other week, he was the one that media, came out on social he, yeah. media and fronted up. Whereas a lot of them only seem to post or want to talk after a, mm. a victory. There must be something nice dealing with players that are happy to sort of talk. Yeah, there, there are certain ones at clubs like uh, you know West Ham. You get Mark Noble. Uh, Chelsea it's often Gary Cahill can always be kind of counted upon to talk even when it's um even when it's a, a tricky situation for Chelsea um at Spurs there's quite a lot of guys actually like um maybe it's a goalkeeper thing um Hugo Lloris is actually you know one of the most intelligent footballers that you could find and always speaks really uh, coherently about things even when they've gone wrong so I mean some are better to talk to than others and some will always be kind of I don't know brave enough to do so, yeah, and, and I think actually uh, Metzaka, when certainly when he played, was also one one of the yeah. players. It's difficult when you Metzaka would un, always un, un, sub or you not played in the game to be the one that comes out and talks about the game. <laughs> I mean, I don't really cover Arsenal too much in the way as much as other people do, but Metzaka was always the one that they would the pack would go to for some kind of caustic takedown of Arsenal whenever you, you'd have one of your little meltdowns. And right, you, you yeah. imply almost a semi regular with your tone there. Uh, I think it's you know, fair. whenever there's something gone wrong, Murtasak would always just come out and say, we are just rubbish. and <laughs> wasn't good enough. Yeah. We have well, to look at ourselves. Well, look, it's been an interesting time and it feels so exciting to have had two two victories on the bounce. And you, you mentioned there the defence having confidence in, in the goalkeeper, Gemma, but so too maybe the other way. Because oh, absolutely, it, The yeah. defence that was, was an unusual back four for us, we had... Maitland Niles mm-hmm. pretty much making, I think, his first start at right back. He's been used at He's uh, played left back, left wing back. Not in the league, yeah. Even had a run it in centre midfield, but to have him at right back. Then we had, you know, Rob Holding uh, and Mustafi. Then obviously Chambers came on, Mustafi went off. And then at left back, Kalazanac, who in some ways all of them have been out of favour at some point during the season, and yet that was our, our back four. Yeah. But um, the exciting one maybe was Maitland Niles and Danny Murphy on Match Day 2 last night was raving about him mm. and it, he doesn't always rave about certain things at Arsenal so it was quite pleasing but it's exciting another young a young Arsenal kid out of the academy who could maybe make it yeah definitely but you're right going back to the point about Czech you are right it, you know it works both ways as well like, I obviously feel sorry for Czech this season as well because he's been you know had a defence in front of him that have been uh, pretty shocking for most of the season to be fair you know side of the odd game so yeah I think it obviously works both ways but I just as I don't know, I'm not saying like you know you should leave in the summer or anything like that it's a great head to have around the, the club you know he's got great experience but perhaps we should be looking to get in another you know different another number one and just have him just around the club to sort of be our number two and help sort of you know just be a presence around the club because yeah, or maybe he might have maybe one more season in him, but I just don't think, you know, he's he, obviously his best years were at Chelsea, weren't they? Let's let's be honest. So, but yeah, yeah, I mean, we, go, we could talk about the defence all day, couldn't we? It's like, how can someone like Mustafi only have like maybe like one or two good games a season? He's like 
a brilliant defender. He's a German international and he can't, you know, we can't seem to make him play well. Well, Lee Dixon said something interesting it's, at the Arsenal Supporters Trust. I don't know if you saw yeah. this, Jacob. He, he was speaking at the Arsenal Supporters Trust um, event, I think it was actually the last Monday when we were recording. Um, so neither boy or I could, could go along. But he said that Gary Neville had supposedly said, whilst at Valencia, that they, they couldn't shift Mustafi and they, they had tried and they were, therefore he was surprised to see a, a club of Arsenal statue willing to sort of part with that level of money to bring him in and, and I don't know it, do, it does sort of you know concern you that we were pretty close to selling him again this summer and supposedly mm. to Inter Milan and suddenly he's, you he's think the that one even, we're relying on do you think that even if we got a, you know a whole back four of like world class defenders do you think it would actually necessarily it would actually work because we just can't coach defences do you think we need to get in you know because obviously Wenger's like got complete control and he doesn't by the sounds of it let Bold pretty much do anything so do you think like if we actually got in like a defensive coach that was allowed to do their job do you think that would you know do you think that would make a difference? Or well, do you think we could get all these brilliant defenders in, but it actually wouldn't make a difference because we say, don't know how to coach defences? When you say a defensive coach, do you mean like a defensive manager, a, a manager who knows how to do it, or, a, or someone no, maybe under if Wenger? Or if we kept Wenger and we just brought in an, um, another coach to coach the defence, like solely to work on the defence, and Wenger actually left him to it and didn't try and, you know... It's a great idea, but... <laughs> I think it's Arsene Wenger, unfortunately. Yeah. I love him as I do. I think there's a, an element of not wanting to, to sort of have too much done by someone that isn't him. And, mm. and it's interesting with Bowl because... He, he, I, you can't help but think maybe there are times he's frustrated at, at what's going on, but he is presumably being, you know, from reports, well, you know, remunerated for his role at the club. And, you know, I can't imagine he wants to rock the boat too much. And, mm. you know, will he ever get a better role within a setup in a more high profile? Possibly not. So, you know, I'm sure he's hoping that, that Arsene sees out the, the next 15 months. Talking of that, Jacob, what do you think? What's your gut at the moment? Are we going to see Wenger sort of three more months or 15 more months or even possibly beyond that? I don't know. I mean, Arsenal have typically been quite shy about making the, the big decision. Um, I think they've had quite a few opportunities to do so. Uh, personally, I would have done it in I think you could have done it in 2014 when you won the FA Cup uh, against Hull in a manner that didn't suggest you were about to do anything spectacular the following season if you remember Hull almost went 3-0 up and were 2-0 yeah. up um, and Arsenal didn't play well all day in that game and this was supposed to be the big thing that would then we've won a trophy we're going to go on and win win the title now you've had the moments where you've bought players and spent the money um, Sanchez and Ozil but nothing's really changed after that you've seen a lot of players um, stagnate you take it through to 2016 when Arsenal contrived to finish behind Leicester um, in, in, so a, did, in a year so did, yeah, so, so did, so did 18 us. others but this was supposed but I think of all the big teams that were, were competing that season Arsenal were probably the best place team to big best place big team to win the title that year in the end they didn't even get close to Leicester uh, I mean that that season of course Manchester United were a bit of a shambles under Van Hull Chelsea had their Mourinho season uh, Liverpool sacked Rodgers really early and City kind of phoned it in under uh, Pellegrini and you know Spurs in the end much a club with much uh, well inferior resources to to Arsenal were the ones who pushed Leicester in in the end, obviously ended up bottling second. Uh, but but Arsenal, they 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 were they were there to take it, and they didn't. They were first that season, weren't they? Uh, when it came to Christmas, they'd beaten yeah. City, and then the next game after City, they lost four 0 away to Southampton, who weren't even playing well at the time. So overall, um, you feel there's been I would have gone then. To, uh, other clubs get, would have other clubs yeah. would have would have well, we sacked are, the manager. Need, and then last year, I know they won the FA Cup, but that was the perfect send off. Yeah. But he's, you know, people say he's like, I guess the gambler. I have to ask you this question. My friend at work asked this question to me last week. He said, mm. 
as an Arsenal fan, he was like, what would you prefer to win the Europa League this season, but have to keep Wenger for another season or to not win the Europa League and Wenger's guaranteed to go in the summer? What would you? Well, prefer? I mean, I, I think I said, I, I can't believe Arsenal, if people are genuinely calling themselves fans and asking that question. I think, I think it's, it's crazy, the idea that people, you know, in our lifetimes, I think we're a similar age, that Arsenal have won one European trophy right the 1994 European Cup, Cup we have lost the final in 1995 we lost the UEFA Cup final in 2000 and of course we lost to Barcelona in the 2006 Champions League final the idea that there is an opportunity to go to a European final mm. that we are going to descend on Lyon you know in May maybe 30,000 Arsenal fans have a chance to win a European trophy is one of the most exciting things that, that could and, happen I know um, it's not the Champions League but the idea, you know, it also gets you into the Champions League, of course, and, which uh, is our only option now. Yeah. We're clearly, we're you know, and I think also, it's I mean, 11, just, 12 points. In the sense of Wenger's legacy, he's he's got a pretty crummy record in in Europe, and he's never won a European trophy at Arsenal. So, correct. Why wouldn't you just want to see him do that? I was your, was your it would only be one more season. No, he, you, you know, he was saying he was saying you know you can because obviously a lot of Arsenal fans are logic. desperate to get rid of. Wenger. I understand the logic, so, but, if, but would you be happy to to win the Europa League and then have to have him for another 100%. season, another season of the same? Of it's course. better for the club simply because you get in the Champions League, but would and you then have the guarantee of him going I saw someone, next summer? <laughs> I saw someone tweet that were we not to qualify for the Champions League this season, and assuming Tottenham do, they would be um, have more, I think, income potentially than us for the first time ever next season, which would be an interesting dynamic that, you know, were they to have two years worth of Champions League money what's, against what we've what's got. What's the gap now? Because obviously... In finances? No, in, in points. Are there so about top, 13 uh, points We're off? 12 points off the top four and Tottenham are third. Right, so we're 13 so, off Tottenham. Because of course yeah. they've lost Harry Kane yesterday potentially. For yeah. I just think they basically... I was trying to work this out because I think we're on 48 points at the moment with eight games to go. So we could possibly, if we win all eight games, which right. I think you have to say is an unlikely um, scenario given the well, yeah, uh, way we've been Sam, playing. So, you know. the, yeah, <laughs> we could end on 72, but if Liverpool are already on 60, it, one team would have to completely collapse, basically. You still need Chelsea to... Yeah, I think it's a, it's a massive... Uh, uh, you know, a it's massive there, it's job, there for Chelsea. Odds. It's there for Chelsea. Yeah, now that Kane's potentially out of the season. Yeah, big, I don't know, even Son up front seems to, they seem to score goals, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. Um, and did, you know, but, and also I guess they're out of Europe, you know, I guess they've got the FA Cup, you, you, I suspect sadly they will, they will find their way, but what a joy it would be if we could also join them in the, in the Champions League next year. Well, let's talk li- briefly then about the Europa League because it was, I felt a night, I don't know about, about you, but it felt like people were starting to write Arsenal off for this tie against Milan. There was such a narrative about Milan being in great form, and people sort of not looking at the fact. Well, they were they are seventh in in Syria, and they've had a, you know, that is a disappointing season for them. And you know, we we were great on Thursday night. Well, it I was think, so exciting. I think like they they went into the game. I think when they like thirteen games unbeaten or something like that. Yeah. And we'd like lost our last few. So I mean, you know, on paper, I can see why we you know weren't exactly favourites going through yeah. San Siro to be honest. And I, I was feeling pretty pessimistic before kickoff as well. You know, after the results that were before it, I wasn't particularly, you know, <laughs> thinking we were going to put in a performance like we did. But no, it was, I think it, maybe it was one of those occasions where it's just because now, you know, now the players know like all our eggs are in one basket. It's all on the Europa League. Sometimes they can just rise to the occasion, can't they? And just, you know, they, they, it's something different to play for. The league's kind of dead now. Obviously, we can't win the league pretty much out the top four. So, you know, you don't know what their mentality's like. The players are probably just kind of like get out there and you get the occasion and the European yeah. night and the stadium and everything. And they just, yeah, they just turned it on, didn't they? They just did what they should have been doing like the last few weeks yeah it, it was uh, so encouraging well, maybe Milan underestimated us a little bit as well 
Well, they stood Possibly. off. They did let us have a lot of time on the ball, and that, that sort of, if they bothered to look at why we've been so bad, you know, <laughs> they could kind of copy a formula that's been used by most of the teams below us, you know, away from home that, you know, pressing and, and sort of a high intensity against us. And but yet, you know, if you do let some of our creative players pick passes, and eventually I think we'll, we'll score goals. And actually, it could have been more than 2 0. Um, although, I don't know, Jacob, ties over at 2 0 Arsenal, would you say, or are you still. Any concerns for Arsenal? Was, it three, was it 3 uh, Do you know what happened against Ostersons, mate? I mean, come on. Yeah, <laughs> was, was, it, was that 3 nil? Was that 3 nil? It was, wasn't it? We well, almost blew that Ost- one. Ostersons, so they won 3 nil away, didn't they? Ostersons, we had won, uh, we had won 3 nil away. Yeah, Ostersons had missed a penalty in the last minute to make it 3 1, and then we went 2 nil down before coming back to a uh, unimpressive 2 1 home defeat. You would, to you a would small hope that they would be ready this time. Yeah. But they, but, and then we've got to start looking forward because, you know, that would take us into a quarter final. There were Dortmund lost at home to, to Salzburg, Salzburg in the draw. Yeah. Napoli obviously went out in the previous round. It's Atletico Madrid that people are talking about, but I don't know. You have to say that Arsenal are not going to be massive underdog against anyone no. left on you know, especially if Atletico you know could be a final. What occasion that would be, and on the one off against them, not a huge underdog, surely. I don't know. I saw the odds. I, I will briefly check. I mean, we're second favourites behind them to win the competition, but mm. I don't think they so were. Are they second, and, at, second in La Liga at the moment? Yeah, they're just off. Bas- they lost to yeah. Barcelona a couple of weeks ago, one mm. nil. Um, well, yeah, I, I, I will, I will, I will get them up as we as we briefly move on. But I, I think we're definitely second favourites of the tournament, and we'll get it. Just on on the Europa League time, it's interesting because even yesterday we rested a few players. Yeah, they made six changes, I think. Obviously, Abemian can't play in Europe, so there has to be a, yeah. a change there. But Koscielny rested, rested Bellerin presumably rested. Um, well, this is what Mourinho Ramsey. and both Klopp and Mourinho did last in the last two years when they got to the final. They basically they, they didn't finish in the top four and wrote off the league, started resting players. I've got no issue with that to be fair because I look at you know twelve points off the top four. I think I think it's gone. So you might as well. I think you know, like I say, you can do what Man United did. Go, you know. That they knew that they needed to win the Europa League and they did yeah. it. So I'd, I'd just, yeah, I'd do the same. It's I've got high, no issues. It's just high risk. <laughs> yeah, the... yeah, of course. But um, I think it was the right decision yesterday. And essentially, with obviously the goalkeeping situation, you know, does he presumably give Ospina a bit more time because of the gravity? Will it help Ospina being in and out of the team? Or is it simply check we'll now play the last remaining eight league games and we might have, what, five, well, six, if you include Thursday, Europa League games left, hopefully. Um, would you be playing with Spina just the whole way through? Would you give him some time in the league? Oh. You want, you want yeah, that's a good, that's a good he's question. Got, he's that's got a 200 good question, clean sheet. No, no, I prefer, no, 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 don't get me wrong. I prefer Czech to Spina. I don't think Spina oh, okay. is particularly brilliant. Okay. I don't think he's the, the sort of standard of goalkeeper that Arsenal should have as their number one. He's no David Seaman, is he, or anyone like that? No. Um, yeah, that's a good question, actually. I suppose, yeah, because obviously Wenger, like, he sticks with his keepers to the cup competitions. Yeah. He doesn't deviate. Even if you get to a final and he never changes and puts his number one and he keeps loyal to the goalkeeper the whole competition. So he's obviously going to stick with Ospina for the Europa League. So, yeah, if he's obviously going to do that, then, yeah, perhaps give him a little run in the league just to give him a little bit of uh, confidence a little bit and a little bit, yeah. bit of form, you know, going well, into these ties. Well, that was the interesting with, you know, potentially, you know, Danny Welbeck, who, you know, we're going to have to rely on again on Thursday night. He isn't able, Jacob, to... Yeah, Obamia, sorry, not able to mm. play on Thursday mm-hmm. night. So, you know, could he have just you know, give Welbeck more time? Because the one thing that was missing from yesterday, we had a checkling sheet, we had a Troy Deeney penalty miss, um, and a 3 0 win. It just felt like Welbeck is desperately short of a bit of confidence and, yeah, and needs right. a goal. Is there any chance of an England call up? Do you think there's any chance he could get in that England World Cup? Score? Welbeck. Yeah. Who's Who do you think from Arsenal? Who do you expect to make it? Wilshire, presumably. 
has, has probably done enough this season. Uh, he, yeah, he, he hasn't been in one yet, has he, Wilshire? Don't think he's had the. Has he not had the call up quite? I yet? think Southgate but would we've like got the March to get him in there. I mean, we'll have to see. Week. We'll have yeah. to see. I mean, you'd, you'd have to assume that he's going to be in that squad for the yeah. two friendlies. I mean, Southgate is big on not picking players who aren't in the playing regular football, but I think they're fully aware of how good Wilshire can be. That said, I don't think it's that good anymore. Um, no, you've not been impressed this season. No, I've been impressed, but I think uh, some of the games where they'll play against higher class opposition, City, Spurs. Um, he, he does get slightly um, maybe out, out, outpaced at times, physically overwhelmed because of all that's happened to him. I think fit for what he was, he was going to be a fantastic player. But then you, I, I guess there's a, a feeling amongst Arsenal fans maybe that we weren't expecting this given that Bournemouth towards the end of that time at Bournemouth yeah. wasn't necessarily getting in their first team and, and sort of fell out of no, favour. it's been so enjoyable to come back. Now, I think most Arsenal fans would have him in the starting eleven, and I think he's always going to be slightly loved because of his coming through the youth team and he's no, 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 seen no, as one, he, one of our he, own, he, not that we sing that. He's, he's good, he's, he's better Kane. than a lot of English midfielders, I mean, but but against um, against that higher class of opposition that England are inevitably going to face in the World Cup, you, you can just see him getting passed around at times and and you can imagine some kind of red mist descending as well. Right. And He's some ridiculous... I mean, yeah. is, so is your, some villain Jack Wilshire is... is well, the, a repeat of Beckham 20 It's going to be some kind of... You know, we'll some ridiculous challenge on like, Iniesta at some point. Are you, are you more concerned from a West Ham point of view of the goalkeeping situation? That's an interesting one, just to go off topic a second. Oh, God. Uh, I mean, that was a bad error again. It was a bad Mark. error, but also... I mean, that's the eye-catching error on the weekend, um, but it's kind of been overshadowed by everything else that went on, but he was also just really dodgy. Uh, and nervous throughout the game. Like, there were moments when uh, his kicking was poor and he was starting to worry that he was going to give away a goal for something like that. And in the end, it was a mistake by which time everybody's kind of attention had turned off the pitch. Yeah, not an easy uh, environment to uh, That's to the one defence. Who would you be your, be your pick for? Would you go with Butland or Pickford? Probably Pickford. Mm. You? I'm, I'm really biased towards Butland because he's from my hometown. Like, right. no one I, like no one I know is from my small hometown, but Butland is. But no, I just think he showed great character the other week. You know, he made that absolute, he scored that own goal. It was an absolute shocker. And then afterwards he pulled off like an amazing save and mm. he showed his character straight afterwards. I didn't see that. But... Oh no, yeah. it was. I think it was a couple of weeks ago. It was an absolute, it was, yeah, it was, it was laughable basically. And then yeah, afterwards he just pulled off a, a world-class save afterwards. And you think, you know, he didn't let, he didn't lose mm. his head. So mm. yeah, either or. I, I wouldn't go with Hart. Like I say, he's just no so short on confidence and stuff now, isn't he? Yeah. Just just looking at the Arsenal players, yeah. obviously could be involved in the World Cup squad on the best things. So Wilshire is odds on four to six to make the the World Cup squad, uh, whereas Danny Welbeck is three to one against. So uh, if you if you follow the, uh, the thoughts on the betting, then perhaps Welbeck will miss out. But um, be interested whether he can force his way into the squad. Uh, we better have a quick break, and then we'll be right back with you. Footballistically Arsenal is backed for the season by Ladbrokes. And we're back from our break. Now, Jacob, I know a lot of we, we've got you here and you are a, a West Ham fan and you cover West Ham more than anyone. For for a weekend, it's not Arsenal fans or Arsenal fan TV dominating the social media, it's West Ham. I actually thought what a great move that would be for West Ham TV if they decided that they could record from the actual pitch and went on <laughs> with cameras um, instead of just corner flags and started recording... Um, tried to interview Noble maybe after there's, a, there's an interview actually apparently in the Daily Mail with the corner flag hero I don't know what he said but apparently it's out tonight 
Oh wow! Yeah. So if, if you want to see what he said, he, to, it wasn't he. He he seemed very intent on getting his flag into the center circle. Is that uh, fair to say? Yeah. Well, there was a similar kind of protest during. Um, I won't bore you with with it all, but, but during the bond scheme protests in during the early nineties, and I think someone did something similar. So okay. I'm going to guess that maybe it's some kind of mimic of of that. Because, I mean, Arsenal fans uh, obviously have, have shown displeasure, not only the manager with Wengrab, but, you know, there have been chants against Stan Kroenke. I've been in the away end over, you know, the last couple of years and there is, you know, Stan Kroenke, get out of our club and a certain level of animosity towards the owners. But but never we've never really had quite that vociferous public showing that you it's had. A and, and uh, it's a different set of fans. What, yeah, I mean... Yeah. Where, well, West Ham, a bit more, in what way would you? There's a slightly more vociferous, um, boisterous element than there are amongst Arsenal fans. And also, I don't, I mean, how much can Arsenal fans complain? Well, like, how, how, like, to what yeah. level can you complain? I mean, as Barney Rone wrote in The Guardian today, you've, kind of, you've gone from fourth to sixth. Yes. It's not that big. Yeah, that's yeah, true. There's you've won a couple of trophies. In the league <laughs> below us. Uh, absolutely, uh, but and yeah. also and also you play uh, in a stadium that, I mean, I I'm not a huge. I, I'm sure like you two, I loved the uh, Highbury. Yeah, but, uh, mm-hmm. uh, I think you, Arsenal you fans to move kept in their very Oakley and accepted what it would bring. And it's a football stadium in a modern sense. I don't think it's a great football stadium in the classic sense, the Emirates, but it still is a football stadium. It's fit for football, and there's all kinds of Arsenal memorabilia. In and around well. the ground, yeah, I think they did it well as, as a move, absolutely. And, and West Ham fans probably were able, very physically, to try and I don't know if intimidate the right word is, but they're very clear. Whereas our owner is never there, so we can't have. But also, you wouldn't be able to show. do that uh, at the. At no, the you can't get that close. Really, I mean, you could turn around, from but there would be secu- or but above. It just wouldn't happen. The security would. Yeah, they could. You could turn around and do this or that, and but you wouldn't be able to gather in a concourse. Wilshire would have probably been the most similar to, to Noble in terms of response, I'd have thought. Yeah. He'd, he'd have been... I, I don't know, there's a few of our players I can't imagine sort of getting too too physically involved with uh, if anyone that ran on. I'm trying to think who might have. I mean, would you want to take on Kolasinac? Oh, yeah, he's a unit, isn't he? <laughs> no, you put him front and centre, I think, um, if anyone did run onto the pitch. Well, there you go. Okay, well, what, what, what's going to happen at West Ham, you briefly? What do you, are you expecting? What, the owners in terms will stay, of, presumably? They're not going uh, anywhere? Or they're not going think? anywhere, it seems, for the time being. It's just the... I mean, it's saying, I was saying about the stadium that Arsenal moved to. Yeah. It, it, it came with certain promises that maybe... But also, at the same time, if you're going to defend Arsenal, you can't necessarily predict that just as they were building this stadium, suddenly there would be this huge foreign influx of money uh, into the Premier League. At the time when you were moving and building the stadium, you were the best team in England, along with Manchester United. And then suddenly, it's very hard to predict and fit into the model that a Russian billionaire is going to come out of nowhere and transform Chelsea into something else. Whereas West Ham fans were told, if we move to this stadium um, from Upton Park, we will move to the next level which for you is competing with, for European football? Is that well? That's what they. Yeah. That's what it was. We will compete with the big London clubs, um, which no one was really that bothered about because it's not what you support West Ham for. No one really gets into it for the glory. It's really just kind of giving a team like Arsenal a bloody nose every now and then, and then you mm-hmm. sort of accept the rest of the mediocrity that comes with it, and maybe you have a cup run now, now and then. Um, but if you say come with the promises of, okay, we'll leave Upton Park, which you all love. And we'll move to this stadium, which we promise will be good. 
and the sight lines will be good and we'll have a great team, then people go, okay. And then when it's not delivered, that is where the anger is going to come. Yeah. Well, it's a good bit of content. We don't usually talk about other, other clubs in, in enough to so maybe a bit of a, a reality check and a bit of context about sometimes that we don't have it too terribly, I think it's fair to say, Arsenal. But another no, question... No, but I, I do understand the Arsenal anger because you do pay... With top dollar? Yeah. No, I... It's all, yeah. it's all, it's all relative. I mean, when, when fans say... When fans from a lower league team say, I, what, oh, what have Arsenal fans got to complain yeah. about? But actually, I mean, how much do you pay for your... Season tickets? 850 quid this year. It's cheaper because we didn't get in the Champions League. So there is... A, the you know, top ones, though. Uh, oh, of course, it goes yeah. up. I mean, I'm sure if Boyd was here, you know, his in, in club <laughs> level, it, it would start at, I don't know, two and a half grand. My uncle um, had one in club level and he gave it up this year. Yeah, they go up to about five grand in club level, I think, four and a half, five grand. Although you do get free beer or, or rate average yeah. hot chocolate <laughs> at half time. So, it could, you know, potentially a bit of value there. Um I, I, look, I, I totally get it. And look, as much as I'm slightly more positive than Boyd is, and he's not here this week, although I'm gesticulating to my writers if he was, um, I, I, look, I understand the, the discontent. And look, no, no Arsenal fan can be happy with how it is at the moment. You know, having, having grown up with at least an Arsenal team challenging for the title, if not winning it, then, then it has been sort of somewhat bleaker years. I, I've got a question for both of you. You both work in, in media. It, it struck me, certainly, a lot of my non-Arsenal sporting friends messaging me over the last couple of weeks just saying how incessant the discussion over Arsenal seems to be, that, that we get more pages and more lines and more time on news channels than any other club, in, and it sort of feels slightly dis- disproportionate to them. Is that, do you feel that's fair when you're well, talking like, about... You know, unlike football. any other club, we've got a manager who's been at our club for over 20 years. You just yeah. don't get that anymore. You know, that just doesn't happen. You know, you know, managers, you know, some clubs change managers three, four times a season. We've had a guy for like over 20 years, so I think it's such a, like, a unique situation that it's bound to you know, command a lot of um, interest because it's just, you know, did you see the, um, he did a sit down with Sky Sports News this week, Wenger, and I was, I had to cut the interview and I was watching it and stuff. And it's like, as much as we've all got this sort of anger and, you know, we're not happy with the way things are, it's just so hard to like dislike him because he's so like intelligent, articulate. And in this interview, he said in the interview, he said, he has sleepless nights. He says, I'm, you know, in a, not in a good way because, you know, the results aren't coming. I'm yeah. not sleeping. And, you know, he just generally, like, really loves the club and really cares about the club. And so, you know, obviously I, I'm not, you know, I'm like most Arsenal fans now. I think, you know, I like, I like a change. But it's just really difficult to... And he said, also said in this interview, he said, I know the fans don't hate me. They just hate the manager that isn't the, delivering the performance. So I thought that was quite, you know, interesting. So, yeah, that's what, the exact word he said. They don't hate me. They just hate the manager not delivering the performances. Yeah, I think he. I I watched all the sort of post match press conferences that they put on the Arsenal website. It does get asked a question, sort of, in quite a straight way about you know about either fans not turning up in the last couple of weeks or about you know fans showing the displeasure. And his answer is, well, you know, I, I our job is to make the fans happy, and at the moment we're not doing it, so we understand that that fans shouldn't be happy at, at the moment. I thought Gary Neville made a funny comment on on social media, Jacob in reference to a lot of empty seats at Arsenal yesterday. And he was like, I suppose it's minus eight degrees or something again, in reference to you know Wenger using that as an excuse why they didn't turn up against Manchester City. But it is unusual, uh, you know, certainly to see empty seats of this nature at, at top teams. And one of the problems we have at Arsenal is that uh, our, our ticket system doesn't allow for fans to resell at below face value. So there's a system mm. there that they can resell. But like you were touching upon there, our tickets are very expensive. So against, you know, what for, for people who have got, you know, nice seats in the middle, in the upper tier that might be 70, 80 quid, 
who would happily take 30 or 40 mm. quid. There isn't the ability to do that. And I think the Arsenal supporters trust a, a lobbying the club to try and work on that. But it can't be good for the club. And, and even for the Premier League, I don't think that's an image they want going around the world. It's unusual that you see somebody even in the lower tier empty seats. Mm. It's not, 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 not what, you know, again, what we went to the Emirates for, that we would have this amazing stadium. But, you know, it's unusual to have Watford fans singing your ground's too big for you. <laughs> it, was, it was a slightly peculiar, peculiar situation. Just, just then, um, as we draw to to the last couple of topics, what do you think about the young talent we've got at, at the club at the moment? I don't know if you've seen, you've been obviously into some of the Arsenal games this season. Mm. Like, Eddie and Ketier came against Bryson for 10 minutes, really encouraging. It felt like, the, is there an opportunity in these last 10 games for him to, you know, make a real impression, give him games, you know, we'll presumably do it well enough to hold off Burnley? Or is it about the mentality of winning games? Thierry Henry was talking about this on Sky yesterday. You know, it doesn't matter that we beat Watford. It matters that we're winning games to try and breed confidence for Europe. I don't, would you be sort of trying to embed them in, Jacob? What do you think? Or, or should they be heading out on loan and worrying about the improvement at Championship or League One football? Because it wouldn't be the first time at Arsenal we've had young kids out of the academy who we thought were going to be brilliant and make it. And it doesn't seem to happen. I don't think it's about going out on loan. I think it's just that they, they don't get the coaching anymore. There was a lovely, cute clip of uh, um, Wenger doing a fist pump with Eddie and Ketia, uh, as he came out to training, which I thought was trying to show you slightly down with down with the kids. Well, you, you just think, what, there's no opportunity for But maybe Niles has seamlessly sort of found his way into first-team football. No, that's, I mean, in terms of what, once they start developing, I mean, if you look at Iwobi, there was quite a lot of excitement around him when he broke into the team two years ago and looked like a really good player. There was all this, who's going to get him, England or Nigeria? And now Arsenal fans hate him. But is that because he's now a, what was he, a, was he actually a bad player in 2016? But think, you got I think really you're excited. Right that he hasn't come on quite as much as we hoped. And if you look at his sort of output in terms of assists and goals, it's it's less than the other people that are given the opportunity to play in one of those you know attacking roles on either the right or the left. And it, it is sort of slightly sort of disappointing. Oh, I don't know what have you made of Awobi's progress, Gemma? Um, or lack of potential. Yeah, I was going to say like yeah, I think he has been a little bit disappointing. I think we expected more, you know, but. <laughs> It's kind of like, it, I just hope it doesn't turn into another like Walcott situation whereby, you know, we thought he was going to be amazing and he never became the player that we all wanted him to become after a, you know, a couple of decent performances, a few important goals, but he never materialised into the standard of player that we all thought he was going to. So let's hope that doesn't happen with the likes of a Wavy. 9-2, Theo Walcott had in front of me before to make the World Cup squad. And, uh, <laughs> it's not going to happen. Not going to happen, no. even with they, a few more. They were more, saying, uh, I was reading a couple of things um, online this morning and there were a few Arsenal fans who were sort of saying that um, yesterday when he brought on Wilshire um, near the end they were saying it would have been a better opportunity to bring on like um, you know one of our younger players they yeah, were saying uh, why Reece bring on, was on the exactly yeah, Reece Nelson Willock was on the bench they were saying well. you know what did you make of that decision would you have you know brought on one of the young guns just to I, I, I don't know I, I give think a bit of time? If, if we're relying on Welbeck certainly for the second leg on Thursday and then let's hope the first leg certainly of a, a quarter final because Lacazette is still probably going to you know be injured now for a while I just can't help but think, well, but desperately needs a goal, and just you know, he's obviously got more chance of doing that if he's on the on the pitch for you know longer. I'd have personally played Welbeck ahead of a Wobie yesterday, even though I, I don't think Welbeck's you know form necessarily yeah. deserves it. I just want to, uh, I just want to see Welbeck desperately score because you know we're in a strange situation where you know had Walcott stayed at the club, had Giroud stayed at the club, both of them would be getting in ahead of him and probably being selected in in Europe for the for the key games. 
Um, well, look, we've we've uh, we started a little late today, so we, we are going to wrap up. It seems uh, slightly ridiculous to do a prediction for our, our next game because it's not for a couple of weeks against Stoke City. So we we won't we won't do that. We will have a week off because of the uh, FA Cup game, which sadly you know we are we are not in those FA Cup quarterfinals. Um, unlike Spurs and and uh, and Chelsea, and obviously uh, Manchester United, all are so. Uh, just your prediction, then, Jacob, just for what will happen with Arsenal's final seven eight weeks of the season? Is, is it just a case of six? And what what do you think will happen in Europe for us? I think you'll stay sixth, um, and then Europe. I think if you can avoid Atletico, you you've got a good chance of getting to to win it. Yeah. I think if you look at the other teams, I mean Arsenal are, okay. Arsenal are comfortably the uh, the richest the richest team in there, aren't they? And there's usually a correlation between, you know, wealth and, and success mm. on the pitch. I think you're right. I looked up Atletico two to one to win the tournament, Arsenal four to one with the with the two favourites. Are you in a similar mindset? I, mean, I was six. just gonna say you're saying to about making a prediction what about for Thursday for the second you're leg. Right. For the well, second you're leg right. you're overlooking pretty Golly. much our okay. most important game of the season Golly. so far. <laughs> So yeah, come on, let's make our predictions. You're right. Um, I, I suspect we'll do we'll we'll do enough comfortably. I think we'll be. Um, do you think the fact they've got to come out and they have to score is going to open things up and play you know to, into our advantage? Or? I hope so. Uh, it's terrible. I've forgotten about what is definitely. I, you know <laughs> I what's funny? We've got it. We've had a long day today. <laughs> so many. We've, we're in. A, I've got you know an Arsenal WhatsApp group of, of mates, which is, is called Papagone, which refers to the the pizza place on Stroud Green Road, who have not got in touch to sponsor us, despite mentioning them several times over the years um and there's you know basically all season people have been slowly withdrawing from such events and going to some of the games but i think it's like record attendance at papagone due on thursday uh for what is you know undoubtedly the biggest game of the season i think we'll win one nil i think i think we'll score a goal and kill it and then be you know good enough to hold off defensively but what, what do you think i think we will win it two one i think we will concede one so i think two one yeah, two clean sheets through. at the moment might be in a row. Might be too much to. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. I, I just yeah, I, I was going to say that. So yeah, I think I think we'll win it two one. Fantastic. Definitely. Have you got a prediction for Thursday's game, or have you you not? Uh, yes, I'd hope that Arsenal could not have a repeat of what happened against Osterson. Yeah, yeah. We'll be scared if we go two 0 down. Third, my God, I didn't, I didn't see it, but the, the first leg last week. But Milan weren't are not very good, are they? They started quite well. Could have scored, I guess, after two minutes, and then I think I was you know, pleasantly surprised. Did you have surprised. any players that they were? that you were particularly worried about in there? I honestly, I, as an overall performance, thought we were very strong. I think, look, with with Arsenal, I feel on, genuinely on our day, even even in that, you know, game, I know we were terrible against Man City and that cup final, but you do still feel, if we get it right on a day, we'll, we'll beat anyone. And no, I saw nothing last Thursday that scares us. And I don't know why I'm optimistic, but even I think if we get Athletic, okay, we might not be, you know, we, we will be, you know, underdogs to beat them, but not by level, which would totally scare me. But look, um, thank you so much for, for both of you for joining, for, for Jacob, whose um, you know, you know, work you can read in, in The Guardian and, and online. Um, at all times, you can follow on Twitter at Jacob Steinberg. It's quite a straightforward one. <laughs> Gemma, you're at Gemma... At Gemma Nash 10. Gemma 10, 10 for Burkamp. It's 10 for oh, Dennis. Okay. Of course, my favourite player of all time ever, yes. Have you read his book? Sorry? Have you read his book? I've got it on my bedside table. I'm going to read it on when okay. I'm on maternity leave. I'm okay, good idea. Time, so. Oh, fantastic. Saving <laughs> it. I'm going to read it then. Who else was 10? William Gallas was 10, wasn't he, for a time at Arsenal? <laughs> 10's not for him then. Uh, but look, we will probably be back in uh, a couple of weeks' time. We'll, we'll take a little break uh, due to Arsenal's absence. And uh, we we would look forward to seeing you at the start of April, hopefully in the quarterfinals of Europe and possibly after a victory against Stoke.
This is a Playback Media production. To listen to all our football podcasts, visit playbackmedia.co.uk. Footballistically Arsenal is backed for the season by Ladbrokes. If you're a large organisation involved in managing, purchasing or making decisions on software licences, you need Livingston. Livingston provides the technology and a large team of experts to help you understand what software is installed on your network, who is using it and whether you purchase the right number of software licences to legally use it. This information can help you make smart business decisions when it comes to renegotiating software licensing agreements with large software publishers like Microsoft, Oracle, IBM and others and when budgeting for software spend. To reduce the cost and risk of managing your software licenses, speak to Livingston today about our managed services. Over 50 multinationals across the world trust Livingston to manage their software licenses. Visit livingston-tech.com for more information. What's your thoughts on Fulham? Chances are you don't think about them too much, but nice away day by the river, used to have a Michael Jackson statue, and once did quite well under Roy Hodgson. But that's probably about it, because chances are you're not a Fulham fan. However, if you do know someone that supports Fulham, maybe a mate or a colleague at work, please tell them about the Fulhamish podcast that I host every week looking at each Fulham game as it comes and goes, with a nice bit of quirkiness and humour along the way too. You can find Fulhamish at fulhamish.co.uk and we're also available on all podcast platforms including iTunes, Acast and playbackmedia.co.uk. That's Fulhamish, your weekly independent Fulham FC podcast. What's your thoughts on Fulham? Chances are you don't think about them too much, but nice away day by the river, used to have a Michael Jackson statue, and once did quite well under Roy Hodgson. But that's probably about it, because chances are you're not a Fulham fan. However, if you do know someone that supports Fulham, maybe a mate or a colleague at work, please tell them about the Fulhamish podcast that I host every week looking at each Fulham game as it comes and goes, with a nice bit of quirkiness and humour along the way too. You can find Fulhamish at fulhamish.co.uk and we're also available on all podcast platforms including iTunes, Acast and playbackmedia.co.uk. That's Fulhamish, your weekly independent Fulham FC podcast. Sports Social Podcast Network. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.